And we are continuing our series uh, entitled Unlocking Heaven. And for those who don't know, we begin this series last week and we have decided that we're going to take this whole month as we typically do. And we're going to focus on prayer because we believe that prayer is the lifeblood to any church. And it is very, very significant that we understand how it works in our lives as believers. So we are taking some time and we are exploring in this particular series. We're looking at those in the Bible that made a difference by effective prayers. So we're going to be studying those in the Bible, certain prayers, because I believe there's a common thread in those prayers that if we utilize those principles, we all will be much more effective in our prayer life. How many of you really want to be effective in your prayer life? Come on, you really want God to, to answer your prayer. So last week, we kicked off our series talking about what we called a blueprint for prayer. And um, in that particular message, we laid the, the, the framework for praying. We answered what prayer was. Ultimately, it's just communicating with God. We examined the call to pray. Jesus told us to pray and to never faint. Jesus gave us an example of how to pray, and we call it the Lord's Prayer. But I like to call it Jesus's prayer, his outline, when Jesus just kind of he just kind of gave them sort of an outline of, of of how to pray. And that outline, I believe, and here's what you'll discover as we move through this series, you will see as we examine these prayers, you will see that Lord's prayer or that model prayer. You will see those principles being utilized way before even Jesus even put this into practice or even made these uh, made this statement about the Lord's prayer and teaching his disciples how to pray. And so we want to kind of jump right into it this, uh, this morning. And, and, and I really want you to understand, because here's, here's, my, here's my, 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 my concern. I don't want us to just go through the motions of prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't want us, you know, I don't want us to just kind of go, okay, we'll say, this is prayer month. Okay, so let's just check off the box. You know, this is the time for us to, no, no, I, I really want God to move. This is the season for God to move. Look at your name and say, God move. Come on. This is the season for God to move because I want you to understand how insignificant this is because because prayer is the thing that unlocks everything God wants to do in the earth. So so we understand that the most significant thing that we can be doing like we have needs. You have needs in your family. We have needs in our church. You have needs as far as employment. You have all these different kinds of needs. And what prayer does, it's the background. It's the backdrop. It is the thing that gets the engine, gets everything going. It, it is where all the hard work is done. It is like in the, in the video clip we saw, it's the war room because, because it's, it's where it all happens. Anything God is going to do. And so when I say to you that this is a season for, for blessing, this is a season for miracle. This is a season for God to move. This really is the time when everybody in this house, we need to be laying into this thing. We, we need to come at this thing with, Lord, this is our month. God, we're going to believe you because that, we got some things that I need to happen in my life in the next coming days, in the next coming weeks, in the next coming months. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about? Does anybody believe in God for anything? So you're saying, so you say, to your Pastor, I'm believing God. I got things. I got. I need a job. I, I need some direction about different things. Like, Lord, we need a, we need our church to grow. Uh, 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 God, uh, my my finances are a little whack. Lord, I need some. You, all of us needing God to move. This is the time where we come together and we press in. It's not a time to sit back and just go through the motions. 
This is the time to enter into this thing with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your might, all your strength, because how many of you believe that God wants to answer your prayers? God, God really does. God wants to answer. God is more eager to answer your prayers than you are giving them. You got to believe that, because if you don't believe that, then you won't pray. If you don't believe that, your prayer life will be somewhat jacked up. In other words, it will just be there, but it will be dormant because there is no faith to believe that God is going to do what you're praying for. So we got to change that. We need to come to a place where we understand that God wants to move. Look at your neighbor and say, God want to move in your life. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, God want to move. God really wants to move in your life. And so we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat this morning. I kind of give you a little bit of information about him. He was Judah's fourth ruler. Uh, he was a good and righteous king. Many of the king of Israel in those days in Judah, some of them were very, very evil and wicked. He, uh, Jehoshaphat actually was a very, very good king. He was righteous, just like Asa, his father, was. There's a lot of reforms that he put in place to try to get the people back on track with God. In fact, he purged the land of Sodomites. And you'll find that in 1 Kings chapter 22, as well as idolatry resulting from the worship of Baal and Asheroth. These are false gods. The children of Israel would oftentimes set up these false gods and worship them. Well, when, when uh, King Jehoshaphat became king, he got rid of all that. He cleaned house. How many know we need to do that today, church, as the people of God? Mm. He instructed the people in the word of God. Jehoshaphat, you know, oftentimes the people would drift. People had a tendency to drift away from the word of God. How I many know it still happens today? And so what Jehoshaphat did was he just brought the people back to the word. He instructed the people from what the word of God says. He instituted judicial reform, local and central courts, and both priestly and lay judges. In fact, he didn't just bring in anybody. These folks were, were, were highly qualified. He changed the atmosphere because the people had just drifted so far away from God. And so Jehoshaphat was a righteous king. He was a good king. He was a king that God was well pleased with. But as it happens with all of us, Jehoshaphat came into a situation where he was under attack. His nation, Judah, was under attack. He received a threat that came from the Moabites, the Moabites, I call them Moabites, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites. That's what everybody say that's a whole lot of mites. Mm. And, and, and church, they combined forces, and they were about, approximately about 15-hour march away from east of Jerusalem. In other words, they were coming to get them. They were coming to get Judah. They were coming to attack them because just like today, how many know that Israel is one of the most, in, in, in that particular region, uh, they have a low, even today, Israel have a whole lot of enemies, this is biblical. This is because, because God is in this thing. And, and so, so just like it was today or is today, it was back in those days. Israel had a, had a whole lot of enemies that were trying to come against them all the time. And so they decided they weren't going to attack them. And Jehoshaphat found himself in a situation where, where, where he basically called the people together to pray and let's go seek the Lord. Because church... He didn't know anything else to do because he was in this situation where his nation is small, where he feels like his back is up against the wall. So he finds himself in this situation where his nation, where his own nation is on the brink of annihilation. So he needs to do something. And so we're going to learn some things in terms of what he, what he did. So how did Jehoshaphat's prayer, we're talking about uh, the prayers of saints. How did Jehoshaphat's prayer in particular move heaven? 
because this is what this is all about. This month is about I want to move heaven. I want to pray and I want my prayers to, to happen. I want God to move on my behalf. And so we're going to learn how his prayer moved heaven and how the, our own prayers can be much, much more effective. And so I have several points here I'm going to cover and we'll try to get you out here at a good time. So point number one, Jehoshaphat took his issue to God first. Everybody say first. All right. So look at look at verse number three in Second Chronicles chapter 20. It said, and Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. This is important because oftentimes when see, he was in a predicament where if he felt like his whole world was about to crash in on him. Because the Bible says and when he heard it, he feared. And then instantly at that moment, he heard it. He set himself. Everybody say set. Now, there's a difference. I'm not talking about a, a two minute prayer. Like when you headed out of the door, you saying, Lord, bless me today. Bless my children. Bless my church. I'm on my way. I mean, no, when you set yourself to seek the Lord, you're going to spend some time in prayer. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? I mean, Jehoshaphat. But, but here's what he didn't do. He didn't get the word and then go around, spread all the negativity and tell everybody, hey, listen, everybody, we got all these nations coming up against us. Oh, gosh, what are we going to do? Our nation is on the brink of annihilation. We're in a bad place. Oh, God, you know, God, I don't, I don't, I don't guys, I don't, we don't have enough people. We can't fight all these people. What are we going to do? How many know that that would have just greatly discouraged the people? No, no, the first thing he did was Jehoshaphat took his prayer to God first. Uh, can I say something to all of us here? I think this is so important that we need to see when you find yourself in a situation where it feels like the walls are caving in on you and you're having a tough time in life. One of the first things we need to do before we go tell Johnny, Susie and complain about the one of the first thing we need to do is set ourselves to seek the Lord. In fact, I, if you're having some trouble this morning, let me ask you a question. Have you really sought the Lord about your situation? Or did you just kind of run off and just kind of hope and talk, and, but, you, but, but never, ever talk to God about it? Jehoshaphat wasn't that way. He, the first thing he did was he, he set himself to seek God first. How I many know we need to put God at the front and not at the back? We don't need to wait. We don't need to wait. Sometimes I found out, in fact, the more sometimes you talk to people, the more they'll mess your faith up, some people. The more they, they'll start casting doubt. So I've learned, man, that the, the, first, the first moment of trouble, go to God first. Don't wait. Just go to him first. Get on your face. Say, Lord, I'm in trouble. My emotions are out of whack. I don't know what's going on right now. God, I need something. Before you even talk to anybody, Lord, please help me. And you'll be amazed what God will do. Secondly, the basis for Jehoshaphat's prayer was guidance from the Lord. Now, I got this in the New Living Translation because I think it more accurately reflects the, what the text was trying to communicate. But in the New Living Translation, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 3 and 4, it says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, and he begged the Lord for guidance. Everybody say guidance. It's important, all right? So in other words, he didn't come to God telling God what he wanted God to do. He came to God saying, God, I need some direction because how many of you know, you know, you've been walking with the Lord for a little while. A lot of times we don't really know what's good for ourselves, do we? I'm just being honest. We don't. I don't. Uh, you know, at best, we're fickle. We're emotional. We don't really know what's best for ourselves. 
And so it's something about when you go to God, Jehoshaphat, he came, he said, no, he went to God. He didn't go to God with an agenda. He went to God and he said, Lord, I need some direction. I need some guidance, Lord. I need you because I don't understand. The Bible said the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? I don't have a good, Lord, I don't even fully know myself. I don't even know, but Lord, I need you to give me some clarity because right now I'm confused. Right now, Lord, I'm not sure. How many know God will honor that prayer? So Hosaphat, he came to the Lord for guidance. See, we must learn to seek God's direction all the time, at the beginning, not with an agenda. As you said last week, we talked about how that the Bible talks about how that, uh, that, 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 that if we ask anything according to God's will, like Jesus prayed, remember, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. You remember Jesus said that. So what Jesus was really saying was he had an attitude of, God, this is your show. Oh, come on, church. Y'all with me say amen. How many know that when you became a Christian, it's not your life anymore? Did y'all get that? You died. So now then you need to talk to your master, your new master, because you're not your own. He's the if he's master. Then I need to check in with him about what I'm doing and what direction I need to go because he's king. Right. We did. We sung that this morning. He's king. King Jesus forever. That means King Jesus is running the show. And the next point, Jehoshaphat. He understood the power of agreement. Look at verses three and four. Same verses there in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And it says, and the Jehoshaphat feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. All right. In other words, he prepared. How many know the consecration week is a, it's a time of preparation? You got to prepare to fast. We got to prepare to seek the Lord. Now watch this. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah because they were in trouble. So watch this. Judah gathered Everybody say together, together. to ask help. They, they, in other words, they came together. How many know that there's power in numbers when we come in faith? Amen. See, he didn't just say, well, you know what, guys, y'all stay here and wait for me. I'm going to go pray by myself. How many know that it's something about the Bible says where two or three are gathered together. He says that he's right there in the midst. So watch this, church. So when we come together, you join your faith with my faith, and we begin to invade the throne of God together, that creates synergy in our prayers. All right? And so now our prayers then have a certain level of a, a power that it didn't have before because, because all of our faith has been locked in together. And so watch this. And so, so here's the thing. Here's the, here's the key with this. One of the things you got to get used to doing, and try it if you haven't tried it, because one of the things the devil, the devil loves to work through isolation. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The devil wants to, he wants to always keep you isolated from the rest of the body because he knows you can't bear the weight by yourself. So you're sitting here struggling and you keep it within yourself. You don't communicate. You don't talk to anybody. And, and, so, and so you got all this stuff going down on the inside of you. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. So we need to get into a habit of saying, you know, brother, I know sometimes we, we, we start in the morning and, and, you know, and there's a few of us in the hallway and, and, and everybody act like they got something to do. But every now and then, maybe you need to just sit down and ask somebody, how are you doing? Is there anything about your life that's going on with you that I need to pray about? I got people right now today that, man, I, I'm telling you, when I'm going through, I got people I can connect with and say, listen, I need you to pray with me. Why? Because there's power in your prayers. There's power when you get other people joining in. And so all of them got together. 
Jehoshaphat, to proclaim the fact they all came together, and that was one of the recipes for God moving in a very, very significant way. And we'll show you that here in a moment. So get into a habit. And one of the things I've learned, church, is that prayer changes things. Gossip and complaining generally make things worse. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? Prayer changes things. Just running your mouth talking to people about the issue don't really change. I'm, I'm, I just learned. I've, I've been doing it for 27 years. I'm telling you, prayer changes things. Learn how to pray. In fact, get with people that you know know how to pray. Connect with somebody who you know got to walk, got a relationship with God and say, brother, sister, I need you to come in agreement with me because right now I'm going through some things. I'm going through a challenge right now, and, and, and I need you to pray with me. Let me tell you something about that, church. Church, let me tell you, that will energize you. That will strengthen your faith. That will motivate you in a way that you've never thought possible. Don't, be, don't, be, don't let the enemy trick you into staying silent and, or, or keeping that stuff down on the inside. You're not designed to carry weight. You're designed to put it all on Jesus, to cast it all on him. And we do it together. This is a very, very important thing. The next point, Jehoshaphat affirmed God's sovereignty and power over all things. That's verse number six. I got verse number six, and we're still here um, in uh, jo- uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And, it, and it, I love this verse. He says, oh, Lord God. Remember the Lord's prayer. Jesus started to pray. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, reverence. God, you're great. You're awesome. Here he says, oh, Lord God of our fathers, in verse 6, are you not the God of heaven? Look at this, church. And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to stand against you? Now, can I say this, church? How many know that God is great and powerful? He's all those things, whether you say it or not. Y'all, y'all with me? So whether you actually say it or not, it doesn't change the fact that God is all-powerful, that God does control all things, and that all things are held together by the word of what? His power. So that is true whether you state it or not. But it's something about when you recite it, when you say it, I believe it's more for you than it is for God. Because how many know that sometimes when we're going through it, we forget that our God can change it and can move it. We forget sometimes because we get caught up in this life and life has a way of doing a number on you. And you'll kind of forget. Man, wait a minute. Wait a minute. God, I don't have to just tolerate this. I, I can go to God in prayer. Why? Because he, he, he controls all things. He's all powerful and, and God can move mountains. You know, how many of you believe God can move mountains? The Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. And so whenever I state, whenever I, I say, whenever I begin to, to, to recite and, re, and recall just how powerful God is, it stimulates my faith. It's, and, 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 and it lets me know, it let the enemy know, it let all of heaven know that I believe that God is able. Is anybody in here believe God is able? Come on, clap your hands if you believe God is able. Pastor ain't able. I can't do it. Don't be looking at me. I can't do it. But, but he's able. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. So when you go to God in prayer, one of the things we need to say to God, 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 I know God, God, right now, God, I'm going through this thing, but I know that you are able. I know, God, what you, what you can do. I've seen your work in my life. 
And God, I know that there's no power greater than your power. I don't care who, who's running the country. I don't care who says they got power. You know, they used to have a song back in the day, I got the power. Y'all, somebody, anybody remember that song, that old secular song, I got the power? And you, you, it's one of my favorite songs. You get up there and dance, I got the power. No, you ain't got no power. All power comes from him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. My wife is laughing like, why did you have to go there? Because, see, that was one of her favorite songs when I was dating her back in college, in Jesus' name. That's right, I told him. <laughs> but how many know that only God has all power? He has all power, and he really does have power. It doesn't matter where you are at right now in your life. You can tap into that power, and if you have enough faith and you can believe God, God can turn your situation on a dime. He could. He could change it on a dime, but you got to come where you got to come there with some faith. You got to believe when you pray, my God is able. Every single time you get on your knees and open, you got to think that my God is able. Jehoshaphat, before he started his prayer with God, I know how awesome you are. You drove all nations. Boy, you got, got nobody can deliver like you can. How many know that God loves to hear that kind of talk? It just stimulates things, it moves heaven. Then we see Jehoshaphat, the next point. Is Jehoshaphat reminded God, watch this, he reminded God of what he did and what he said. Now, we like to call this kind of praying God's word back to him. So Jehoshaphat, you see Jehoshaphat says in verse number seven, he says, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? In other words, he's a man, he's, he's coming to God, he's saying, now, wait a minute, now, God. God, now, aren't you that same God that, that, that drove out the, the inhabitants so your people can inherit their land? Aren't you that same God that opened that Red Sea so your people can walk on dry land? And see, we need to say the same thing. I mean, we need to say the same thing. We need to talk the same way. We need to say, are you not the same God who made a way for me the last time when I didn't know how my needs were going to get met? Did you not heal me, God? You're the same God that healed me when I got sick. You're the same God when I had a financial problem. I didn't know how I was going to make it, but God, you made a way for me. God, 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 you, aren't you that same God? See, Jehoshaphat reminded God of what he did. Has God done anything good in your life? Come on, say amen. 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 Jehoshaphat always also reminded him of, of, of what God said through his word. You see in verse number eight and nine and and they dwell in it. Look at verse number eight. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, this is what God has said. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. And then go down and cry out to you in your in our affliction and you will hear and save. This was one of the things that, that, that when, when Solomon prayed, when they pray over the temple. And, and one of the things that, that, that was communicated was that when the people of God got in trouble, if they turned to God and they prayed, then God would hear from heaven and he would move. And so so Jehoshaphat reminded God, God, you remember, God, we talked about this, what you said. And I think that we ought to do the same thing. Did you not say in your word, God, that my God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory? Or God, did you not say in your word, give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over? Did you not say that, Lord, that you would revenge me of my enemies? You told me not to take revenge because you said, you follow what I'm saying? See, let me tell you why it's important to do that. Because how many know God will honor his word every time? 
Y'all remember, uh, I believe this was Exodus. I, I don't have time to read it. But I believe in Exodus chapter 32, verses 9 through 14, you can write that down. But, but, but here it is. God got mad at the people, of, 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 at his people, because they had started worshiping that golden calf. Anybody remember that? When they, they got that golden calf and Moses was up on the mountain praying that the people just, they, they started just, got into idolatry, worshiping a golden calf, and they were doing all of that. And, and, and God said, God told him, he said, Moses, Get down off the mountain because your people, God said your people, have, they, they have corrupted themselves. So you need to go down and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to wipe out the, all of them. This is what God said. God said, Moses, I'm going to wipe them all out and I'm going to start all over with you. And now I'm paraphrasing. So God was essentially saying, I'm going to start these people off the chain and, and, and but I'm going to start all over with you. And Moses said, no, 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 God. God, no, whoa, whoa, God, wait a minute. Now, did you not say, did you not make a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to say that you would lead this people into the land of promise? Because, God, if you did that, then you wouldn't be honoring your word. And then all of your enemies would say that you were able, that you brought them out, but you wasn't able to take them in. And, 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 and so Moses, God, God, you can't do that. And he says, he says, Moses say, say, God, this, these are, these are your people. You made a covenant. And God you have to come through. You have to honor your word. And, and the Bible says that, that God repented. God changed his mind and decided not to do it. Why? Because God had to honor his word. And so watch this, church. So whenever you honor God's word, when you pray, honor his word. Listen, if you're walking and you're honoring God's word, God, God is going to keep his word so you can hold God accountable. Because this is uh, uh, Moses. God repented just because Moses said, God, honor your word. He said, don't don't do it, God. The people are going to talk about you. And the Bible says God repented of the evil that he thought to do to his people because God had to honor his word. Next point we see is that Jehoshaphat remind God of their obedience. You see, in verse number 10 and then in verse number 10 in this same particular chapter, uh, you see here that Jehoshaphat, in his prayer, he's reminding God that when the children of Israel could have attacked Amnon, Moab, and all of them, they had a chance to attack them, but God said, don't do it. So they were obedient, they obeyed God, and they didn't attack them. They, in fact, they treated them right. And so what Jehoshaphat is saying is, Lord, um, we obeyed your word. We had a chance, God. We had a chance, God, to, to wipe them out. We could have took them out, God. But, God, you know, we, we didn't do that, God. We did the right thing. We did what you said. We treated them right. We treated them uh, with the respect that you wanted us to treat, them, to treat them with, God. And look how they are rewarding us. That's what it says there in verse number 10. So now they're coming up against us. You see, here's what I want you to understand. When we do the right thing, it gives power to our prayers. See, Lord, look at this. Lord, I did what was right. This is, this is, this is us. I did what was right. I didn't seek revenge. I didn't go behind their backs. I didn't slander them. I didn't respond with hate. How many know that when you walk, you walk right, then that gives power to your prayers. And when you're able to sit back and say, Lord, Lord, you know, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go back at them, Lord. I, I, I did what you wanted me to do, God. I love my enemies. God, I really want to take my enemy's head off. I was mad. I was angry. But you know what, God? I didn't do that. I kept my peace. God, they talked about me. They did all these things to me. And you know what I did, God? I didn't do anything. I stayed back and I trust you. See, now, when you come to God like that, 
and you, you remind you say, God, here's what I did. What it does is it, it gives uh, it gives power to your prayer life. You know, the Bible says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You know what that simply means? That is a person that's just walking with God. And when we're walking with God, then 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 and then when you pray, you can tell God, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. Lord, I didn't steal that. You know, a lot of times people go to pray and they start talking to God. But watch this. But a lot of times they messed up bad and then they get mad at God because God didn't do anything. Well, because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You follow what I'm saying, church? So we got to make sure that we are accountable for how we're living before God because it does affect our prayer life. Husbands, we got to be careful how we treat our wives. It affects our prayer life. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Your prayers can be hindered. I just felt like I needed to throw that out there for some reason. It just came to me. Number seven, he reminded God, this is the next point, the seventh point. I didn't give you a number, but it is number seven as far as I'm looking at it here. Jehoshaphat reminded God that this pending attack was against God's interests. See, verse number 11. Look at verse number 11. And here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of, watch this, church, your possession. You see what, you see what, you see what uh, Jehoshaphat is doing there? See? He said, Lord, wait a minute, God, they're coming to throw us out of your, in other words, God, you are the one that gave this to us. God, you are the one that led us here. God, you are the one that destroyed the enemy so that we could, God, you are the one that has been leading us all the way. Now, God, they are coming to, to, to put us out of the land that you gave us. So let me, let me paraphrase what Jehoshaphat is really saying here. He's really saying, this is, this is a smart prayer. He's really saying, Lord, an attack on us is an attack on you. <laughs> That's what he really said. He said, God, if they're attacking us, they're attacking you because we are doing your work. We are here, God, because you called us here. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Say amen. See, there's something about that that, that, that when, when we, can, we, can, we go to God in prayer, we can say, God, 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 this is your work. God, I'm doing what you want me to do. I'm being obedient to your word as best I know how. And I want you to understand this church that when we are in God's will, doing God's work, it obligates God on our behalf and God will move. The question is, is it the Lord's work? That's the only question that you got to ask yourself, because how many know that God will finish what he started? And the church said amen to that. And then last point here is Jehoshaphat acknowledged that they were powerless to do anything about this. And this is like, we find this in verse number 12. He says, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. It's a great place to be. I know that in our natural flesch in our, in our humanity, we don't like to be in a place where we're dependent. But I want you to know that God loves it when we're dependent on him. He loves that. And, 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 and the fact that, that Jehoshaphat said, look, Lord, we're powerless. In other words, he let go of all his pride and all that. He said, Lord, we're, we can't do this. Hey, Lord, in other words, if you don't go with us, if you don't make a way, God, we ain't going to make it out of this. Has anybody ever prayed that prayer? God, if you don't move, God, if you don't restore this relationship, God, if you don't believe life into the thing, God, nothing is going to happen. God, we are powerless. Let me tell you one thing God, God loves. God loves it when we are totally reliant on him for everything. He loves that. He loves it when we do that. 
Because one of the things that God has been doing from the beginning of creation since Adam and Eve failed, he's been trying to wean us off of ourselves and trusting in ourselves because our natural proclivity is to do things on our own. And so God spends part of our life, our Christian life, teaching us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, God wants us dependent on him. And, and, and so this was music to God's ears when Jehoshaphat said, God, we're powerless. God, we can't do it. We can't do it without, without your help. God, help us. And so Jehoshaphat's prayer was, was answered. Look at this, church. God answered his prayer. And so let me just kind of give a quick recap because we're getting ready to finish. Let me give a quick recap of what happened here. Jehoshaphat took his issue to God first, right? And we're talking about these, these principles. The basis for Jehoshaphat's prayer was he needed guidance from the Lord. Jehoshaphat, he understood the power of agreement. He got other people joining with his prayer. Jehoshaphat affirmed God's sovereignty and power over all things. Jehoshaphat reminded God of what he did and what he said in his prayer. Right? Jehoshaphat reminded God of their obedience. And then he reminded God, Jehoshaphat reminded God that, the, that this pending attack was against his interest, meaning God's interest. And then the next point is Jehoshaphat acknowledged that they was powerless to do anything about it. So that's what happened. So these are the principles that led to God's might and might of deliverance. Now look at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 14 through 17. So right, so now I want you to understand this. So they're having a prayer meeting, right? So right after the prayer meeting, I mean like right after. Everybody say right after. I mean, they're praying, right? I mean, they're, they're praying. Everybody say together. Everybody say, so they're praying together. They're praying together. They're together. And right at, at the end of the prayer meeting, it says here in verse number 14 and 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Look at this. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazi, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mitaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asphah, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, look at this, church. all you of Judah and you inhabitant of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, this is King Jehoshaphat, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. In other words, don't worry about their numbers. For the battle is not yours, but God. Look at the name and say, that's, that's good news. That's, that's good news. If the battle is not yours, but it's God. See, all of us want to hear that, right? It ain't my battle, God. It's your battle. Some of you right now, you're stressing out because it's not your battle. It's God's battle. You need to give it over to him. Tomorrow, go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Jerusalem, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Now, I want you to understand the context of that. First of all, nothing started. What provoked that response from God was Jehoshaphat's prayer. Look at the name and say prayer changes things. It was when he prayed that God moved. And I would suggest that it was his prayer that moved heaven. Jehoshaphat challenged the people after that, after getting that word from the Lord in the prayer meeting, as the people were praying together. I'm putting in a plug. I want you all to get this. In the prayer meeting and the people are praying together. I believe that sometimes that that the reason why we don't get answers to God's prayer because we're not in the right place. How many know sometimes prayer is about where you're at and being where you're supposed to be? I'm just going to put that in there. 
Sometimes God, see, I'm going to tell you something, God, God speaks in the midst of his people a lot of times. When we all come together. And I remember I talked about that synergy. And, and, and it's something that happened. All of them were there and they heard that and, and, and they were motivated. All of them were motivated. And, and, and Jehoshaphat, he said, look, in verse number 20, he says, so they rose early in the morning. The next day went out into the wilderness. They went out there. As they were, went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, inhabitant of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Is anybody here believe God? Come on, church. See, we got to believe God. See, when you pray, you got to believe. You got to believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. All things are possible to him who believe. It's, it's about believing. See, there is no doubting. All things are possible to them that what? Believe. So Jehoshaphat said, look, y'all. He said, we just prayed. God gave us the word. Believe in it. Trust in that word. Believe God. And let's go out there. And all of a sudden, what looked like it was their, the, the nation's end, all of a sudden it became a praise party. Watch this. And it became a praise party before anything happened. <laughs> They hadn't even engaged the enemy yet, and they were already praising. How do you go from, oh, God, all of these enemies are coming against us to, Lord, I just I praise you. Oh, come on, church. I, you got to believe God. That's faith. See, watch this, church. Jehoshaphat's powerful prayer and the, watch this, and the praise team. Everybody say the praise team. <laughs> Jehoshaphat's powerful prayer and the praise team was the recipe for their victory. Are y'all get, getting that? Um, how many of you like to sing? I didn't ask you if you could sing. <laughs> all, right, all right, you know what I'm talking about. But usually when people are singing, they're typically happy, right? You know, I never see a sad person. Usually when people are singing a lot of times, they're, 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 they're happy. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're in a good place. Jehoshaphat, after the prayer, the next day, he said, here's what we're going to do. And there was no command. Nobody said anything about, boy, you need to go out. He said, here we're going to do Verse number 21 in, in chapter 20. He said, and when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. He said, we need, man, get some singers out here. Get somebody who can worship and who should praise the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and they were saying, here what they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they, now, now, look at verse 22. Now, when they begin to sing and to praise, now, when they begin to sing and to praise, I'll get in this. Now, when they begin to sing and to praise, oh, come on, church. The Lord set ambush, ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. Watch this, church. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. In other words, God confused them and they basically destroyed each other. Now watch. Because of that prayer and that praise. You see, now here's what I want you to understand. Y'all say, listen, say amen, because we're finishing up. Look, the prayer set the stage. All right? The prayer set the stage, but the worship released the power. Y'all get that? See, see, the prayer set the stage but it was the worship because, because the worship shouts faith. The worship says, I believe you. The worship says, I believe that everything you said is going to happen. The worship shouts, I believe everything you said. But if you just pray and you get up and you're still upset and you're still mad, you're not in faith yet. 
You, you, you still are not there. Now you need to break out with some worship. You need to begin to sing about it, pray. You need to begin to worship him because when you worship, it releases the power of God. Don't y'all remember when, 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 when Saul and Paul and Silas was in jail and they were in jail and they just start singing at midnight. They just start worshiping. All of a sudden, everybody changed. I don't think that was just a coincidence. I believe that it was their praise that released the power of God. And their prayer sets the stage. You see, y'all see what I'm saying? God wants to move. The issue is, where are you? Do you want God to move? And what are you willing to do to get God to move on your behalf? He just gave us some clear instruction here on how to do it. Jehoshaphat was a man with like passions and things that we go through. Hey, he was at a place where he felt like life was caving in on him. And he just went to God. But then after he got up, after he got up from his prayer, he started praising See, maybe that's the part. Of, maybe that's why your, your, your prayers don't always come because you're not worshiping. You're not, you're not singing. If you don't know, how to, if you can't sing, then shout it out. You know, you ever watch sometimes, man, when, when, when folks play in sports and you get a bunch of dudes together, man, get a bunch of guys. I mean, I'm not leaving out women. I'm not being a male chauvinist. I'm just talking, you know, men like football. We like hitting. You know, we just like that. But boy, but men know how to praise when sports come up. I mean, brother, oh, good God, man, you got me, And, and we'll clap, and, and men will clap hands, and they will hug people they don't even know as sports being used. They ain't singing, but they're praising, aren't they? They're excited. If you can't do nothing else, after you get up, Lord, I just know you're going to move. I believe. And you just start spreading that around. God, I believe your word. God, something's going to happen. I mean, no, that will provoke heaven to move. That will provoke heaven. But we need to get to that place because if we don't, you will stay there like, oh, me, oh, me, and let the devil just whip you up and down. And blaming everybody else but yourself. Come on, church. This is high time to step into what God is doing. If you receive that word, come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise.